Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen? And so are you! <laughs> Hello again, my beautiful screamers. I just wanted to let you guys know it has been a really rough couple of weeks here at SQHQ. For those of you who've been following, my sister has taken a turn for the worse. As some of you know, she's uh, been undergoing chemotherapy for uh, uterine cancer. She's suddenly gone from stage two to stage four. The initial chemo did not take. She's starting a new session, but it's been really rough on her. So things have been hard. And to top it all off, Last week, I had this bitch of a chest cold, which gave me laryngitis, and as of last night, I started getting these horrible earaches, and this morning, I'm bleeding out my ear. So, you know what? I'm not going to be able to get the episode I wanted to get out to you this week, and I apologize. There's just too much going on. However, I'm not going to leave you hanging. In its wake, I'm going to give you a little flashback in time when I guessed it on the 42nd Street Drive-In podcast and talked about female trouble. And when things settle down here, hopefully by the weekend, I'll have the special Gay Pride episode out for you guys to enjoy. And I apologize for this, but things have gone crazy. I hope you forgive me, but I just love you too much to leave you in the lurch. And enjoy. See you next week. And we're back with our second installment of our Double Bill Female Trouble, John Waters' follow-up to Pink Flamingos from 1974. But before we start going on about the movie, let's go ahead and introduce our guest host, shall we, Chris? Absolutely. Okay, with us today is Patrick from the podcast better known as... Scream Queens! (laughs) The podcast where horror gets bent. Absolutely. Well, Patrick, would you like to tell everybody out there a little bit about your show before we begin? Uh, Sure. Uh, Well, obviously, I review horror movies and books and crazy things going on in New York. Uh, I'm a big homo. You don't have to be a homo to listen, but it helps. Oh, okay. (laughs) Even if you don't like horror, you can come and listen. I have a whole bunch of straight people, like married people, who like their wives listen, like, oh, he's so funny, but I won't watch the scary movies. So you know what? If you're a vagina, you can come and hang out. What? I say that. <laughs> I babble a lot. There's a lot of exploding vaginas on my show. You'll see, listen, you'll understand. Anyway, let's continue. Anyway, thank you. Oh, okay. Wow. I don't know how do we continue after that. Okay. okay. Chris, why don't you give us a synopsis of the film? I'm okay. putting my finger over my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle John Waters possibly follow up Pink Flamingos, widely considered the most disgusting film of all time. Any other filmmaker would likely try to find new ways of grossing out the audience even more so and fail miserably in the process. Fortunately, realizing it couldn't and shouldn't be done, Waters wisely stuck to the formula that makes this film so cleverly unique. Bad taste, an anti-authority stance, anti-social behavior, and above all, a very twisted sense of humor in the name of art. Don Davenport is our not-so-traditional bad girl in the vein of all those sort of B-movies from the 50s that tend to exploit every possible predicament in the name of teaching the audience a moral lesson after titillating them. It was all horseshit. Female trouble gleefully turns that preachiness on its ear, but only after giving it so many bizarre storylines and characters that it is nearly impossible to remember there was a moral message. Yes, bad things do happen to bad girls, and nice girls do not wear cha-cha heels, but once again, the dreamlanders shine in true waters fashion in the orbit tail that keeps you in stitches the whole time. If you're expecting more dog poop eating, you'll likely be very disappointed the joke is on you. However, if you go in with an open mind, female trouble is truly a divine experience, and you'll be happy to be witness to it. Ta-da! Yes. Okay. Okay, well, thank you for that, Chris. Uh, Let's go ahead then and jump right into the film itself. Now, coming out in October 4th, 1974, on an estimated budget of $25,000, was Waters' follow-up film, as I said before, Female Trouble. This one, of course, starred 
Divine. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit more about Divine since uh, we didn't really get much of a chance to in our first installment. Uh, born on October 19th, 1945 in Baltimore, uh, Baltimore Maryland, uh, and died on March 7th, 1988 in Los Angeles, California from respiratory failure caused by sleep apnea. Is this going to be on the test? Yes, actually, it is. Okay, I'm good. You I'm writing it down, scribbling, scribbling furiously. <laughs> yes, I'm going to periodically quiz you throughout the show. Uh, his birth name was actually Harris Glenn Milstead, and he was, uh, well, he was born just after the end of World War II, and Baltimore's most outrageous resident eventually became the international icon of bad taste cinema as the always shocking and highly entertaining transvestite performer, Divide. Milstead met a Maverick film director and good friend John Waters at high school in Baltimore, and the two combined to star in and direct several ultra-low-budget, taboo-breaking cult films of the early 1970s. Their first efforts included Roman Candles, 1966, Eat Your Makeup, 1968, and Mondo Trash Show, 19... I don't recommend that. <laughs> I don't recommend eating your makeup. Please continue. Okay. <laughs> There's something you'd like to share with the rest of the class, Patrick? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. It, uh, it just doesn't, you know, it's not attractive. However, there... It'll probably make your poop look really weird. Please continue. <laughs> and swirly. However, I'm not pooping glitter. I bet you wouldn't have done anything like this with Mom and Dad However, their here. most infamous work together was the amazing Pink Flamingos 1972, in which Divine starred as Babs Johnson, the, quote, filthiest person alive, living in a pink trailer with her egg-eating grandmother, chicken-loving son, and voyeuristic daughter. Divine also starred as career criminal Dawn Davenport in Female Trouble, 1974, which I think I've already said that about three times, uh, as board housewife Francine Fishbaugh in Polyester, 1981, as outlaw gal Rosie Velez with half a treasure map tattooed on her butt in Lust in the Dust, 1985. <laughs> What, her butt wasn't big enough for the rest of the trip? <laughs> <laughs> or did it just fall in? <laughs> I'm sure there was a black hole in there somewhere. Please continue. And the maps falls. Uh, and in Waters' loving but still slightly bizarre salute to teen dance TV shows as Ricky Lake's mother in the superb Hairspray 1988. Millsteads helped. Turn change. that noise down in there. I'm trying to iron, and my diet pill is wearing off. Please. <laughs> uh, Millsteads health deteriorated due to his obese frame, and he passed away in his sleep from a combination of heart attack and apnea in 1988. So, mm. uh, a few quick little facts about uh, Divine. It says I idolized Elizabeth Taylor as a teenager and dressed up as her character Gloria from Butterfield 8, 1960. Oh my God! Oh my God! You can Surprise. see that. Oh my God! Now that you mention that, yes. She does dress up like Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, okay, yeah. All right. She looks exactly like Elizabeth Taylor. The, the scene where... Uh... Elizabeth Taylor now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for you ever notice you never see Elizabeth Taylor divine in the same room at the same time? Think about it. <laughs> no, because she's dead, you fool. Divine is. Uh, let's see. For Elizabeth a... Taylor doesn't know where she is anyway, so... No. Uh, I was going to make a Michael check. They took out her brain. They took out half her brain. Please continue. You know, John Waters could probably get Elizabeth Taylor to fill in as the uh, divine double for the... Pink... Oh, was it Flamingos Forever, the sequel that he talked about doing? I say, what's the big idea? Yeah, that's possible. That's yeah, she probably could because she wouldn't know what was going on anyway. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Look at all the flashing lights. Uh, she, she'd be the one in the, the cradle, though, with the uh, the eggs. Oh, <laughs> why do you... <laughs> 
Uh, let's see. Now I have no idea where I am anymore. I know, a Halloween <laughs> party that he attended wearing a slip fur coat and stilettos. Uh, it said he had a successful singing career, dance, disco, touring the world's clubs, and released numerous albums. It says John Waters uh, wanted him to be in Desperate Living, 1977, and had written the movie with him in mind, but he was unable to be in the movie as he was appearing in a play at the time. So if only I had known that before I asked uh, Andrew that in our first segment. But anyway, uh, was also one of the 250 male nominees of the AFI Top 50 Stars. Did you know that, Patrick? Really? No, I didn't. Yeah. Anyway, okay. and a few quick quotes. I can hardly wait. says, all my life I wanted to look like Elizabeth Taylor. Now Elizabeth Taylor looks like me. <laughs> Wait, see, what did I just say? <laughs> see? Uh, people who used to make fun are now fans. I had the last laugh. And, of course, the last thing my parents wanted was a son who wears a cocktail dress that glitters. But they've come around to it. So, and he's dog shit. But that's and he's, <laughs> yeah, never mind that part. Um, it was better for your kids, you know? It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> that's my son. <laughs> Calling the hospital worrying he's had worms afterwards. Um, anyway. <laughs> anyway, scraping along on the carpet. <laughs> anyway, moving on to our topic questions. <laughs> yes, glitter <Patrick>. poop. <laughs> a trail of glitter on the carpet. <laughs> okay, so we'll go ahead and start off <laughs> talking about female trouble. Uh, okay, well, first of all, oh, there's a motorped going by outside, so that's very loud and annoying. And okay, anyway, uh, my thoughts are, well, I thought that was interesting what you just said now about uh, the moralizing of the 50s and how they played on that. And maybe that's why I like these movies so much, because um, there's a gay sensibility that maybe you don't know about. Straight people, straight guys in particular, tend to like movies where the good guys win. Gay guys like the ones where the bad girls win. Coincidence? Are you a heteropole? bad girls. <laughs> no, I'm just explaining. I'm giving you some heavy truths. Just jot them down. They will be on the quiz, and it will be oral. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> anyway, no, I just thought that was cool. It was an interesting little tidbit. But, however, the thing I... These movies are kind of... No, they are painful to watch. No argument. Uh, you know, I remember, when I, this is the first one, I've, first John Waters movie I saw, and I watched it by myself. I was like, why am I watching this? This is terrible. But what I've discovered afterwards, there are quotable quotes for all occasions in all of his movies. Yes. But when you deliver them yourself, it's better than it is in the movie. Like, because they're all such horrible actors. You have to pitch, pick out these wonderful quotes that are delivered horribly. But, but they're good for everything. I used seven today on Mr. Brad. He's like, why are you talking to me like this? And I said to him, hip, hip, hooray, fuck face. Why don't you grab your toolbox and go fuck a garage? I'm going to go get my hair done. Uh, did you tell him you blew Richard's back? Uh, no, I didn't because I have blown Richard's back. <laughs> <laughs> oh. and you know, there's a reason why they called him Speck. <laughs> uh, we'll get into that a little later. Uh, <laughs> no, no, please don't. <laughs> Chris, uh, what about you? Or this... should we just take your synopsis <laughs> as your summation? Uh, that, that's pretty much it. It's uh, divine all the way. I mean, the, the whole talent show thing she's doing, she's jumping on the trampoline at the end of the movie, and the crowd is just going crazy. It's just like, what the fuck are we watching here? This makes no sense. You are correct, sir. But you it, know what I noticed, though, with that trampoline scene? Well, first of all, I was like, oh, oh my God, she's going to be on a trampoline. But I did notice that she put on some sensible flats. <laughs> I did not damage the trampoline. <laughs> <laughs> so Cha-Cha Hills would not work at that, uh, that stunt. No, it really wouldn't have. But I thought that even though, even though she was bad and crazy and 
riding on the liquid mascara train or wherever it was, liquid eyeliner train. She yeah. knew to put up. You know, she knew when to wear sensible shoes. It was all about liquid eyeliner in this film. It really uh, was. <laughs> yeah, when during the uh, trampoline scene where she jumps up in the air and you're expecting her to do this complete flip. On, <laughs> right back on. That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> she lands flat on her face and the whole audience is going crazy. Yes, there goes. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed this film. Actually, to be honest with you, I've only just recently discovered um, Waters movies. Um, yes, that's what well, I heard. I'm, I, I take that back. I have seen some of his uh, newer films, uh, well, later films, I should say. Whole different bu- bucket <laughs> yeah. of fish. Hairspray. Yeah. Um, speaking of bucket of fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, uh, Pecker, uh, Serial Mom, films like Serial those. Serial Mom. Uh, but uh, I've never actually gone back and watched some of his earlier films. And um, actually, it was our discussions about... Uh, the uh, female impersonator Peaches Christ that we were talking about on our previous podcast and it got me to thinking you know I've never actually gone back and watched any of these uh, early films with Devon so you said uh, you would never say that name again I didn't say any name <laughs> I, anyway you said Peaches Christ exactly that's twice oh god anyway what happens at five <laughs> yes like but we're not man. looking in the mirror <laughs> <laughs> right but yeah I uh it, and, Right out of the gates with Pink Flamingos, I absolutely fell in love with his style, which, of course, is no style. Um, I mean, just everything is just thrown out there for uh, to push the limits. And uh, and I think that's true with this film, uh, although he did seem, in my opinion, and I'm getting the consensus is the same with you guys, that he did seem to die it down a little bit. Um, I did read that a lot of fans of Pink uh, the Pink Flamingos were disappointed uh, that Waters didn't try to outdo himself with this one, and that uh, some even went as far as to say he sold out. Your thoughts? Oh, come on. Uh, that's bullshit. I mean, how far... He set the bar really high. Mm. I don't know what else you would want him to do. Necrophilia? Yeah, you want him to fuck a corpse? Uh, kill somebody for real? Hey, we dig the vine up for that. <laughs> that was actually in the Flamingos Forever script, actually, isn't it? You know, go sit on a fire hydrant, you know, take it up the butt. What do you want to see? <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's crap. He didn't sell out. I mean, for God's sake, this is not going to be a commercial piece. How can he... This, ah! It's not like this is going to be the number one movie at the box office. You know, it wasn't like James Cameron produced it or anything like that. that that's baloney. Well, uh, one of the... That's t- IMDb crap. Uh, one of the taglines for the film was uh, Divine Returns with the whole Pink Flamingos gang and John Waters' female. No, that's not the one I wanted. Mm-hmm. A high point and low taste is actually the one I was looking for. So it looks as if it was marketed uh, in some regards to appeal to the Pink Flamingos crowd as if he was going to push the envelope, I suppose. I don't know. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, I believe her story was a high point and low taste for her. True. True. Yes. Yes. Didn't say it was for you, bitch. <laughs> Uh, Chris, any any thoughts? There's no way you could possibly top Pink Flamingo, so I think he did a wise thing and just stuck with the humor and his just bizarre, twisted mm-hmm. yeah. vision. And I whatnot. think this had a more yeah, sorry. Oh, go ahead. I think this had a more coherent story than Pink yes. Flamingos did. This yeah, had I more of a through line and, and characters that made sense more as much as they could. Ooh, Aunt Ada. Ooh, Aunt Ada. <laughs> that part's oh. my most disturbing thing in it for me. <laughs> We'll get to Ida here in just a bit, but let me ask, okay. any thoughts on the opening theme song sung by uh, Divine? I got trouble, <laughs> female trouble. And if you uh, look on your Facebook page, Patrick, I, I know, I saw it. I saw <laughs> Peach. Oh, 
Peaches and Mixed Souls singing uh, the theme song to this film. So I had to share that with Patrick. But uh, anyway, Chris, are we going to be playing that uh, during this particular segment? Uh, Possibly. I thought I I I put Patrick's seven-minute dirge back in there just for old time's sake. Oh, yeah. Just, no, just play Female Trouble, play it at 200 <laughs> decibels, and we're even. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, now, this uh, this film really plays to Waters' admiration of the bad girls, particularly the opening scenes with Divine's character Dawn and her delinquent friends still in high school. Uh, what's your impression of these first few scenes? Although, based on your uh, opening comments, I think I know where you're going to go with this. Mr. Weinberger, Don Davenport is eating a meatball sandwich right out in class. And she's been passing notes. I got it. The knife right here in my pocketbook. I'm going to cut you up after class. They had me at that. Like, <laughs> okay, this is going to be terrible. That girl sold it for me. <laughs> Answers been passing notes. There's something about the way he writes dialogue. The word choice mm-hmm. has its own sound, and it's not the way people talk right. in real life, which elevates it to this whole other level that makes it funny. I don't know why. There's nothing funny about that line, but it is. <laughs> if you watch that, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this in the Pink Flamingo. I'm section. just trying to get a college education. <laughs> They're just jealous. <laughs> uh, if you watch the... Uh, de- I like to set fire to this dump. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll stop. Um, if you watch the documentary, the Divine Trash documentary, which uh, chronicles Waters' early career, uh, particularly Pink Flamingos, if you watch his directorial style, where he literally is telling the actors exactly how to say every line. So there isn't a whole lot of interpretation. It's literally him telling them, you know, at this pitch and, you know, at this uh, cadence, this is how he wants it said. And so um, that shows because it comes across almost as sing songy. Yeah. As it's like somebody, yeah, I'm learning this by rote. Now I'm like, this is, he said it. Like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. That's the way the Charlie Brown kids on the cartoons learn their lines, too. So, <laughs> <laughs> I thought Edith Massey just took it and ran with it, though. You know, who would have guessed? <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, I, on the commentary. Gator, no! Ah, Gator, no! <laughs> Uh, yet, uh, Water said it's right. been in three movies. Get your tooth fixed. <laughs> He's very proud of that shot where it's going up through her cleavage and down the back of her throat uh, <laughs> while she's laying there throwing a temper tantrum during that scene. Uh, actually, he did say that Divine and uh, Edith Massey, or Divine was very irritated with, with Edith Massey because she was known for uh, having to go through a hundred takes just to get her lines right. Can you come, um, suckers? Okay, let's move along. <laughs> uh, at, at the time, uh, Water said he wanted to, quote, scare other dragons queens and to break all the rules about gay culture with Divine. Uh, looking back, how much of an impact would you say Divine made with female impersonators and the gay community as a whole? I really don't have the foggiest idea. I mean, I was four at the time, so I don't know. Okay. <laughs> you didn't know it at an early age? <laughs> no, but I mean, I can see the influence. I mean, they all talk that way. They all talk like <laughs> they all have that same intonation, the drag queen intonation. And I guess they got it from her, or at least that's what may put it in the... They got it from John Waters. <laughs> I can't really say. I can't speak for the drag community. You apologize uh, for your issues. I'm just curious to know, uh, you know, looking at this particular stance, if, if you see any kind of influence that Divine may have had. Um, particularly with female impersonators, but I don't know. Okay, all right, Chris. Uh, I'd say it was more Bette Midler for share, probably. <laughs> okay, that was I'm the female impersonators with... doing share and uh, Bette Midler. So that's what she said. Uh, no, 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 you're wrong. Mm. Uh, <laughs> there's just as many, there's just as much trash drag as there is glam drag. So don't go there. So. <laughs> 
Okay, can we move on? I'm, sure. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, let's see. is riding up. <laughs> In our, uh, our previous segment about pink flamingos, I asked everyone why they thought Waters was so enthralled with the Manson girls. And in my research for this film, it uh, looks like I found the answer. It says, according to Wa- uh, Waters, who has always had a deep fascination with cults uh, and how people become brainwashed, and his interest in the Manson case was uh, not actually with Manson himself, but rather the family members and how they got caught up into his whole homicidal fantasies. Uh, in fact, Waters was in L.A. at the time of the Manson trial for this, mm-hmm. this film, Multiple Maniacs, which actually has a scene of Divine Killing Sharon Tate, which at the time he made it was still unsolved. Uh, mm-hmm. But anyway, he attended the hearings and whatnot. In fact, he even came into contact with some of the imprisoned fam- uh, family members and has kept a close correspondence with him, particularly Tex Watson over the last four years. So, creepy. Yes. Very uh, looking back, Waters said he has never included any material about the Manson film that was meant to be comedic, but just rather it was there for shock value alone. But mm-hmm. that brings me back to uh, female trouble. Since Waters says the main theme or idea he was trying to explore in a film centered around brainwashing, which we see with Divine's character Dawn, uh, Davenport primarily, but also with Dawn's daughter Taffy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Keep telling her she's retarded. Who <laughs> ends up becoming a Harry, a Harry Krishna, a group that Waters actually is uh, long despised. But um, do you um, find this to be a reoccurring theme in many of Waters' films? The whole idea of brainwashing. Are you ready to accept my domination? Well, uh, here's my take on that. I, I've never heard this theory before, but what I was thinking as you were saying it, I've always looked at John Waters' movies, and I go, how does he get people to do this stuff movie after movie after movie? So he's got his own little cult going on. <laughs> That's very true. I have no yeah. idea what he's doing. I mean, these people are clearly nobodies. You've never seen them again. They're naked and eating shit, and I don't know what the hell else they're doing. And they're loyal. They show up in all these films. So I... I, I... The singing, the singing asshole. From topical. So. <laughs> yeah, he kind of went underground completely. Mm. Chris? Uh, sure. <laughs> okay, well, uh, now the scenes I, where... Yes. I think he just has this morbid fascination with the, the Manson family because they're so anti-authority and everything, and he just yeah. takes it and just twists it into the, the John Waters like formula that's just, everything is so bizarre and out there, it's just... It's a reflection of like the media and all this with the uh, oh yes and the, all the tabloids are showing up to to see divine do this and do that in flamingos oh she's a filthiest person alive and everyone's fascinated with this it's it's it's, it's very uh, <laughs> coincidental perhaps coincidental well it's not even just um, but it's not even just the Manson murders I mean he's had a long obsession with just uh, criminals overall uh, particularly you know the more infamous ones. Uh, because I think it even goes back as far as his childhood. He was always had a deep fascination with, with crime and violence. So, oh. um, Which, of course, the scene in, um, t- in talking about violence, he talks about this in Divine Trash, uh, how his parents were really worried about him because he was so into violence uh, that they um, had talked to a psychologist and they told uh, they, he recommended that they take him down to... <laughs> I a, recommend uh, his parents get their money back. <laughs> He recommended that he take him down to a junkyard. He could see all the, the crashed cars, and of course, he was like studying them and you know looking for blood and everything. Which is why you actually have the scene in the movie where Taffy is is uh, oh the car crash thing. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, where she's yeah pouring ketchup. <laughs> oh, oh, with the ketchup, yes. <laughs> oh my god! How many times have I told you not to play car crash? Car crash in the living room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I uh, don't know. Yeah, I don't know about any of that because anything you just said. About him being obsessed with violence and you know uh, being interested in, in in crime and criminals and parents being worried, uh, that's pretty much any horror fan. Yeah, I went through that too. My parents put me through that, and they just 
I know all the serial killers too, but you know. Am I having sex with a chicken? Maybe. You can't see me right now. <laughs> uh, I'm listening closely. This though. has all gotten very, very serious for, for a very silly movie. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, now, uh, here's another question. Uh, the scenes where Edith Massey tells her son Gator she wishes he was gay and even goes so far as to try to set him up with another man was thought by Waters to be the most progressive thing he'd ever done on film. <laughs> would, would you say it is? The heterosexual lifestyle is such a sick and boring life. <laughs> Wait, where's my favorite line? My favorite line was at the end. Where he said, wait, hold on. Please talk amongst yourselves. I find, oh, what she said. Oh, Tappy, if you ever get tired of being a Harry Krishner, you can come live with me and be a lesbian. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think those were probably some of the most memorable lines in the film. I don't. <laughs> well, again, I think that's raising eyebrows at Santa's establishment that she's like, what? It just people going, what? What? She's crazy. What are you talking about? But... Oh, especially where she's trying to set him up with the uh, with the other guy. Uh, well, hello. He winds up with Divine. How straight could he be? You are <laughs> a douchebag. Uh, that's true. Uh, anyway. I just during the sex scene, while, while he's, he's screwing Divine, he's actually looking at a portal magazine. Oh, do you always have to head that in the room with us? Yes. <laughs> I wouldn't suck your sorry dick if I was suffocating and you had oxygen in your balls. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should just have Patrick uh, recite the entire film. The entire show. <laughs> oh, he's got a better delivery than the cast of the movie. So uh, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. If you just recite these lines, then you automatically are better than the cast. <laughs> <laughs> and that line is wonderful in all occasions. Which, oddly enough, uh, Water said that Michael Potter, the actor who played Gator, um, was, was uh, Johnny Depp's inspiration to want to star in Cry Baby. Uh, hell so talk amongst yourselves about that one. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I don't see what he saw in that performance. Uh, I don't know. I don't even think that was. I think that was a uh, stunt dick too. So uh, that when they did the close up. So I don't. It kind of looked like the same dick that was covered in whatever that was later on in the film. <laughs> for divine or for yeah, that pearl. I just whatever. Yes, I don't know what that was. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, moving along. Uh, the scenes where Divine begins shooting members of the audience and begins spreading out lines like, I framed Leslie Bacon. I called the heroin hotline on Abby Hoffman. I bought the gun that Bremer used to shoot Wallace. I had an affair with Juan Corona. I blew Richard Speck, which, by the way, Waters mentioned that he later found out Richard Speck was gay, which he had no idea. Fascinating. Um, oh, great. One for our team. Wonderful. <laughs> uh, anyway... Um, but uh, since she's obviously referring to popular criminals of the early 70s, how badly uh -huh. do you think this day's... I'll take popular criminals of the early 70s for 100, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of nonsense is this? <laughs> well, I, I think this is obviously going to fly over the head of younger uh, uh, younger generations doing it. But well, no, because yes, uh, what's his name? Uh, too bad. Uli Wobble. Too bad. Makes all the serial killer movies. Isn't that him? They did that? He did a uh, spec movie? Did he? Yeah, he... Yeah, I think it's Uli Lamo. It's, he's like some Canadian director. Uh, man director? Yeah. He does, he does like, spec, and he did one, like, on Ted Bundy and Gacy, and it's just like, ugh. It's like, certain, like those direct-to-video movies, like yes. the yes, PK one like, with the... Uh, no. Dahmer. I hate those. I hate that genre. Yeah, they're, they're, they're all usually pretty weak. No, no it's Uli Lamo. Okay, but let's not... Let's hold our hopes up too high. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I, I uh, wasn't aware that he did that. But anyway, um, moving along. Um, any thoughts on the film's ending? And 
reference to the whole prison scene and the, of course, <laughs> electric chair. Which, by the way, at the time that the electric chair scene was filmed, uh, said that the death penalty had been banned in the state of Maryland. Uh, but the they day, brought it back for Don but the day before he had his sneak world premiere at a pri- uh, prison in Maryland, they reinstated it. <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh, uh, I guess you could thank John Waters. Okay, so my thought on that, look, yes. my thoughts on that last scene is, um, break it up, you lesbians. <laughs> Bump and pussy says against jail rules. <laughs> um. <laughs> It's the payoff for like the classic 50s movies here. Oh, here, we'll show you everything bad, everything horrible. Look what these people are doing. But it's like, oh, but look, she got hers at the end. That's, that's that, that whole payoff thing. I can't remember the, the yeah. phrase that uh, Granger used on it. But it's like, oh, as long no. as there's like the, the moral tale here and stuff, and all the, the bad people get their just desserts or whatever, it's okay that you just spent like the last hour and a half like watching them committing rapes and crimes and shooting people. And, and having a really great time doing it. Yes, absolutely. Uh-huh. All in the right. name of now, beauty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. <laughs> Actually, the so the Watson inspired the whole crime is beauty theme for the whole film. So uh, there you go on that one. Um, yeah, I, I actually, I don't know. I kind of like the idea better of Don living as a legend in prison, uh, you know, rather than this, that whole abrupt electric yeah. chair. But yeah, well, I, I get it. But yeah, but I also in your own mind, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to follow the 50s format, you got to follow the Hayes code. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's an interesting take on it. Um, let me I ask this. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Nothing. Okay. Uh, I, I, I like the part. I did like the part though when um. Well, well, got his notes. Like <laughs> He's do a quote. <laughs> where, where, no, I like the part where Divine raped herself. We didn't talk about that at all. Oh yes, the go fuck yourself scene. <laughs> no. Yes. <laughs> no, that's what's in front of the commentary. He, he calls that the go fuck yourself scene. I call yeah. it the skid mark. <laughs> well, you know, the funny thing was, um, my wife came walking in during the sequence where the Christmas tree... Uh, <laughs> that's the fall, best part. We didn't talk about that at all. The fall, the fall, the <laughs> I on. hate you, I hate this house, and I hate Christmas. <laughs> oh, no, no, not on Christmas. Not on Christmas. I want Chacha Heels. Fuck you, you ugly whore. <laughs> yes, that scene. Um, where she, uh, the tree falls on top uh, of the mother, which, by the way, uh, according to Waters, was uh, inspired because his mother once told him about how uh, the Christmas tree fell on his grandmother. <laughs> Which he didn't see, but he said he was so fascinated by this. <laughs> Wondering, you know, film. was she trapped? How long was she under there? Uh, so anyway, um, I was showing Hold this. Hold on, we got a camera. <laughs> There's a Christmas card picture for next year. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. The tree. But he, uh, he uh, where was I? No, uh, I was watching this particular uh, scene, and my wife walks in, and she's sitting down watching it with me, and she suddenly becomes intrigued by it and everything. And... Uh, I told her, I said, you know, you, you probably, my wife has very conservative tastes, and I said, you know, you probably understand. Watch <laughs> you probably won't want to watch the rest of this film. It's not really going to be your cup of tea. She goes, no, that scene was pretty funny. I, I, you know, I, I'd like to see it. I'd like to watch it. And I kept warning her, and I thought, okay, well, let her find out. So, of course, in the very next scene is, of course, the go fuck yourself scene. <laughs> uh, um, this is disgusting. So she, <laughs> she saw the, when she saw the, uh, uh, 
Skidmark? Skidmark, thank you. I'm having a brain fart. Anyway, so I said... It's a very long Skidmark. Yes. Long. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I said, yeah, if you want to watch Waters, we'll just stick with uh, Hairspray for now, so... Yeah, well, she got out there and didn't stay for the next scene when, you know, Divine gave birth. (laughs) (laughs) And and then bit to the umbilical cord and said, I'm going to call you Taffy, which is hilarious. (laughs) Uh, well, now, I asked this in our Pink Flamingo segment, but I wanted to ask you as well, since uh, you've been yeah. here for that, obviously. Uh, do you think Do- uh, Divine overshadows the other Dreamland players, or do you think these films work because of all involved? That's a tough question. She's kind of the glue. Yeah. I think with her there, she's always going more outrageous into more outrageous territory than anybody else. It kind of frees everybody else up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Like, look what she's doing. I'm not doing anything that bad. Except for Edith Massey and that... Uh, in that uh, sexy lingerie. They could put her in that birdcage fast enough. Hey, which was in the zone, by the way. What would have to be? Yeah. Have to just, somebody, they had to cut her out of that thing, probably. <laughs> Jaws of life. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. Now, uh, I'll ask this for both of you. Aside from Divine, is there any one particular player that you may have any fondness for? I love Mink Stoll. Yeah, I was good. I love Mink Stoll. I mean, I don't know anybody else's name, quite honestly. Um, Bueller. But over, like, over time, she's become a really, really solid actress. She's hilarious in Serial Mom. She's great and all about evil. Mm-hmm. No matter how much you pick on it, you fucking bastards. <laughs> uh, actually, I haven't seen it, so I can't really offer I know, it. but you pay, you picked on me. You started this war, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> The Donald Dashor guy. I, and I'll thank you for this, Huck, when I scratch your fucking eyes out with it. <laughs> yeah, who can't love Edith Massey? Um, actually, no, I agree with you about Mink Stoll. Uh, in fact, I watched Desperate Living uh, for the first time a few weeks ago, and that one uh, is the lesser of the three, if you want to consider it a trilogy of sorts. Uh, Divine gets raped by the giant cockroach for like a half an hour. Oh, it's a lobster! Multiple oh, it's a lobster. Maniacs, I believe. Yes. They're, in, they're in the same. They're in the same phylum species. True. True. Yes. Um, I think if you're having sex with a lobster and then had sex with a cockroach, you would know the difference. Boopy. <laughs> it's a cockalobster. <laughs> That's a jackalope. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I thought uh, Mink Stoll did help carry Desperate uh, Desperate Living without Divine there. So I mean, she's mm. easily the the mm. the one you gravitated to the most. And I thought her her take on Taffy and this was actually uh, quite outrageous, and quite fun. <laughs> I, I love the fact that she stabbed her father to death with a knife that she pulled out of a jar of mayonnaise. I don't know why. I thought that was so- <laughs> uh, Chris, any uh, particular players? The Donald Dashor guy. I don't know his name off the top of my Locker? head. Yes, him. He, he just kills me every movie I see him in. He's the guy with the silver hair? The silver hair, the giant curly mustache and everything. And he's oh, just, it's I'm sorry, so- Don. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Don. We seldom eat any kind of noodle. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. It's a line like that. I think no one would ever say that in <laughs> He's just so extreme. His, just his look and everything. I mean, even in uh, yeah. Pink Flamingos with the, the whole toe-sucking scene with, oh, and I love you more than my sure hair thing. and bones breaking. <laughs> just, it's just so over the top of that guy. But, I mean, he, he yeah. plays it so, like, absolutely, like, straight-faced through all of it. It's like, it makes it just that much right. more ridiculous, you know? He was yeah. one of the ones I was thinking of when I said I don't know their names. Like him. I didn't. He's clearly a stronger actor than other people. 
I don't know if he could hold up a movie on his own. He's not that interesting. He's well, dead. He oh, actually, <laughs> yeah, he actually uh, died after this film under the influence of PCP, uh, right just before they began shooting Desperate Living. So. Oh, dear. Well, thank you for bringing this whole thing down. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> my bad. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Uh, well, um, let me go ahead and do a few quick trivia facts. Uh, the female prisoner kissing Dawn in her cell at the end of the movie previously appeared in Pink Flamingos 1972 as Chick with a Dick. The extra actress ah. is actually a male-to-female transsexual. So. No wonder her had a vagina hanging out. I didn't even notice for a while until the scene was over. My like, oh, vagina has been out the whole time because normally my eyes go right to them because, you know... <laughs> Uh, I, I knew she was in it. I thought she was one of Dawn's friends like early on. And I kept, kept thinking it was the girl who was like, they're just jealous. I thought it was going to be her, but it was like, no, it's not her. <laughs> Do it again. Do that again. <laughs> We're just so good looking. They're just jealous. <laughs> and she's got that whole, like, her scrunched up nose and, like, her, her like, yellow and pursed up lips. It's like, ah! <laughs> Okay. Uh, now, they said Don's, Don Davenport's stage performance is actually based upon an act performed by Divine at San Francisco's Palace Theater. Divine would wheel a shopping cart full of mackerel on stage, <laughs> hurl them into the audience while claiming responsibility for various high-profile crimes. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, that's really it on my uh, trivia facts. Do you have any more? I'm going to be Phantom of the Opera. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was so but anyway. But this show's getting good reviews. Oh, it's a fat transvestite rolling in mackerels and jumping out of trap. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs oh that? Oh that old chestnut. <laughs> the village My voice loved it. Do that in vaudeville. <laughs> well, uh, that really about wraps it up for this segment. If anybody has any final thoughts they'd like to throw out there? Yes, I do. Yes, oh, okay. Do. Let's I go. I want to say to Chris. What? You? I want to say to Chris. You are a pain, Taffy. You are a pain. A pain in my big asshole. You are a victim of gay bullying. I say this to okay. you. Well, it does get better. As soon as he's shuffling the papers, you know he's pulling something from the movie. Fuck you. I'm pulling this, pull this for the movie. I couldn't end the show without saying that one. I know. You can't end an email like that either, Stuff. You wish us luck at our new show and blah, blah, blah. It's so wonderful. And I'm glad to hear you guys are doing your own thing now. And. Oh, best of Big luck to you. Guy. And then a P.S. You guys do realize there is no driving at 42nd Street, you fucking mongoloids. <laughs> <laughs> Could have gone to high notes. <laughs> yes, I, uh, it's no I was secret. just educating you. I just didn't want you to make fools of yourselves oh, again. My mom was the angriest redhead in New York before you ever were, so stop it. She's from Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, and I told you. I told you. She fled when I showed up. <laughs> it's like Highlander. There can be only one. <laughs> <laughs> oh god well we could go with back and forth with this all night but uh, yeah, but I'm bored now and have my Thai food waiting for me which does have noodles in it <laughs> I hope you wash your hands off uh, I'm gonna be eating some noodles that's for sure well we want to thank you for coming on Patrick it's been a pleasure it has been it has been wait you gotta uh, put, put the plug in there for your show I uh, was just getting to that oh and so was I so you could just keep your fucking shirt on hey I also gotta catch the second half of American Idol <laughs> Yeah, he can keep his uh, white zombie hockey jersey on. Um, Certain. <laughs> actually, I'm in my bathrobe as usual. Oh. oh. As soon as you have it. Visual. Visual. Uh, are you smoking a pipe? No. But I'm rolling my own cigarettes as usual. So. Wow. Or you eat peanut butter right out of the jar. 
with my fingers. <laughs> yeah, somebody took my knife and stabbed my dad with it, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. Okay, so if I'm going to plug myself, you can come yeah, find my show at www.screamqueens.com. And that's Queens? With, with a Z. Z. That's correct, with a Z. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Patrick. Hopefully, we'll have you on again soon. Anytime. And, Chris, shall we go ahead and move on to our next segment? Yes, we shall. Okay. Well, we'll be right back after this. Say Ray. (coughs) Janet Lee. (coughs) Adrian King. (coughs) Heather Langenkamp. (coughs) Amy Steele. That weatherman who saw the cockroach. That, oh my god, that is Oh my god! Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> and you. Come on. You know you wanna. Let her rip. <laughs> that, oh, my god. <laughs> oh my god! There. Now don't you feel better? You are now officially a Scream Queen. Come play with the rest of us at www.screamqueens.com. That's Queens with a Z. Or you could subscribe to us on iTunes. Either way, it's going to be fucking fabulous. The Scream Queens Horror Podcast. It's where horror gets bent. <laughs> 